The reading is John 14, verses 1 to 9, followed by verse 27. Jesus comforts his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told, would I, if that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Jesus, the way to the Father. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been amongst you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Happy. Speak, Lord, your servant heareth. Uh, all of the stuff, uh, George Floyd, um, deaths and protests, the situation in Hong Kong and the oppression from the Chinese authorities, um, growing unemployment, or I did my best, as you can see, to make sure that I et out to help out. Um, now it's come to an end, I'm going to try and get back on my diet. But uh, all sorts of terribly troubling times, and I think as a, uh, as a lead chaplain for Mental Health in Devon, I've seen a kind of wave of that coming into our wards. And I would, uh, kind of going off piste a little bit now, I really would ask you to pray for uh, these wonderful NHS uh, staff that we uh, mentioned in our prayers, because we are now preparing for a surge of mental health issues with our staff. Uh, it's that sense in which when they take their foot off the gas and they suddenly realize that actually they didn't like what happened. And so we're having to make preparations now for a large number of our staff uh, to be unwell, so please do pray uh, for those who are currently okay-ish and hanging in there, but we're sensing we'll actually need some fairly serious help going forward. So no wonder when all these things are happening around us, angst can occasionally raise up in us. Those of us who profess to be Christians, those who know and love the Lord, uh, can I just remind you we are human? We are human as well as Christian. It means that sometimes we take our eye off the author and perfecter of our faith. I'm always troubled by that, that understanding of author as being somehow someone that would write about faith, 
But actually, uh, I think a better translation is pioneer in Hebrew. He's a pioneer of our faith because actually Christ went through what we went through and even to the point of death and then the Father raised him. So all our hope, all our hope for everything that happens in our lives, the good things, good times to continue and the difficult stuff to be dealt with, it's all faced by us through the lens of faith. Now, back here in John 14, they didn't have COVID-19, but they did have some disciples who were completely freaked out by what Jesus had been saying to them. If you go back into earlier chapters in, 14, uh, in John, you'll find that um, a number of uh, uh, people left him because he started talking strange language about this is my blood and this is my body. Uh, this idea uh, to the Jews would have been uh, scandalous. And so many left him because his teaching was hard, eating his body, drinking his blood. But Jesus could see the angst rising in the disciples. And he said, well, what about you? Do you want to go as well? And back comes the retort, but we've left everything. We've left everything. We've burnt our bridges. There's no going back. We've given up everything, and you are the Christ. And we need to recognize that there's no going back for us we may try occasionally to look back with binoculars and to work out where we came from and to to work out that in some ways that might be good but actually the bible is very clear it was very strong language about that um uh, about a dog returning to its vomit about there's nothing in the past left to our own devices that will be a strength to us going forward except christ so the disciples were then freaked out quite rightly when Jesus started to make clear that he wouldn't be with them much longer. That short journey, that, that three-year human life ministry of Christ was actually all they were going to have and the moment would come when they wouldn't be there any longer. Of course, Mary had had those uh, concerns from the start, but you sense that faith had grown in her about this young lad who went wandering off at the age of 12 they had to go back to the temple and find him didn't you know i'd be about my father's business mm. wow heavy words from a young man and then that lovely delightful moment at the wedding in canaan when the wine ran out i've mentioned wine a lot this morning i'm sorry it's just the way it's worked the wine ran out it would be a scandal what should we do and they go and find mary and she says do whatever he says I've got no idea what he's going to do. It's going to be crazy, and he's going to sort it out, and he'll make sure it's okay, but actually, do whatever he says. There's a clue there for us. When the angst is rising, the uncertainty about tomorrow is there, do whatever he says. You think of the great hymns, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. It's faith that doesn't push and suppress anxiety it's faith that releases it to be seen for what it is a mist a haze something actually that's fleeting whilst our faith the psalms tell us it's like being stood upon a rock having gone into a, a slimy pit and being picked up and put upon a rock that's faith the illusion of anxiety and angst about situations it is but a mist i passed mist this morning on telegraph hill I was driving Sue's car, which is a bit scary because it's got, it's very modern. 
it's got lights and things that flash and warn you. And I, I realized I hadn't got the fog lights on. So the fog lights came on. And uh, over that kind of very scary uh, top of the hill, I could only see um, about probably 20 meters in front of me. And suddenly we dropped down towards Exeter. The sun was there. The lights went off. That moment of anxiety was a, not so much a mirage. It really was foggy, but it passed. And the sun was shining. They were anxious because they'd given up everything to follow him. And now it's as if the teaching of them, to them, wasn't enough. They were concerned that they wanted Jesus to be there with them. And the whole point of Jesus, of course, his death and resurrection, is when Jesus said, actually, when I go to the Father, the Spirit will come to be the comforter, to be the handholder, to be the one who is there for you pointing you back to the teaching that you heard from my lips. And I suppose for all of us, it, there is that tight sense of a need to count the cost, that we have left behind old ways that didn't liberate us. Only Christ liberates us as we put our trust and faith in him. The Spirit of God, we're told, comes and takes up his home in us. We're told that the Spirit of God, in coming to us in that moment of faith, is a deposit of a future inheritance. I paid a deposit for a holiday in Tenerife um, back in September last year, and we were really looking forward to going to Tenerife in May this year. And so the deposit, actually, we let it go because we thought, actually, one day we'll pay a deposit of, and we will go and it'll be the inheritance. It'll be what we've paid for. It'll be glorious. So I am in faith, hoping we're going to Tenerife next June. I can't ask you to pray for that because that's just selfish. But I want you to know we pay the deposit. <laughs> but things are so uncertain. Some deposits we receive and pay, will the goods arrive? I've got no idea. We paid for a bed. It might be coming soon. It might not. I might get a bad bag. But when the Spirit of God is given as an all-embracing deposit now, all that we can take in this human flesh, you can be sure that God actually will give the very best when we see him face to face. No more tears. No more COVID, no more crying, no more pain. The old things will have passed away. We are nomadic people. It's hard to say when we've got a building like this. You sometimes used to think as a regional minister, I wanted to put some wheels on some of the buildings because they were in all the wrong places. You're in a fantastic place here. You're right amongst the people. You may have noticed. But some of our churches on my watch closed because the workforce around them were no longer there in the fields, on the farms, and he wanted to put some wheels on and move them to where God wanted his spirit to beat. But they were troubled and they were anxious. And they weren't certain what the future was going to look like. And in that blind panic, of course, they were flashing around. Can we go back? No, we can't. Can we go on? Well, we think we should, but we're not certain how with Jesus not being here for us. Jesus tells them that he will only be with them for a little longer. It must have been devastating. They even heard the word orphans being mentioned. They were anxious too when they heard of Peter's upcoming denial of Jesus. If Simon Peter would not be able to stand the test of time, where would the rest of them be? They'd seen his infectious response to Jesus. And if he was going to struggle, 
where on earth would the rest of them be? Not only this, but they got the feeling that once Jesus had left them, they got the feeling from what he was saying, there was going to be some big job for them to do. Gosh, can you imagine being one of the disciples and suddenly realizing your mission is to share the good news that you'd heard and received? And actually, it would cost you your life. Because reading through different accounts of what happened to the disciples seems to me that all the apostles in some way laid down their life. I often thought actually when people have said to me, well it's all fictitious, this Christian stuff. It was a, it was a helpful guard for troubled people at a troubled time. I've asked myself this question many times as a young man and now as an old man. Would I die for a lie? If it's all a fantasy. If the resurrection hadn't taken place as the disciples uh, came to witness and seen the, uh, the uh, resurrected Christ, they knew in their hearts it was true, which is what gave them that sense in which the spirit in them would enable them in troubled times to fulfill a wonderful mission. That's why we're here this morning. Because one of those 12 actually passed it on to someone else who passed it on to someone else who knew someone at Five Head. In the, in the marvelous moments of time, God in time and out of time, when a day is a thousand years and a thousand years are the day, we're here because of the faithfulness of those who were shaking in their shoes that the Spirit of God enabled and empowered in troubled times to be their strength. Not only having the Spirit with them helped them, but in verse 27, uh, Jesus points out to them, he says, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I love going on to Dartmoor and finding those quiet spots. I've sat in a few bogs in the past and not realised it. I've learnt the lessons over the years. Don't wear white trousers when you're going to go and sit on the moor. It makes a terrible mess of things. I learnt the lesson once um, uh, down at... Uh, some point there, I was diving around on the rocks, and Sue, my wife, sorry she can't be here, she's babysitting our granddaughter this morning, um, egged me on to jump down and to see how far I could cross uh, the river. So I jumped down onto a rock, and I realized, actually, I had to find a way back. And when I turned around, I realized that although I had long legs, actually, there wasn't enough vavavoom in my legs. There was never going to be enough energy to catapult me up six feet. And so my Sue, who's normally a very quiet and encouraging woman, was actually pointing to me and showing all the holiday makers who are now forming quite a large number on the side. That's my husband down there. And I made him jump down and I don't know how he's going to get back. For a contribution to home mission, I'll tell you a story in a later sermon. But anyway, I did get back. But Jesus says, my peace I give to you, but not as the world gives. In other words, all those babbling brooks and those beautiful places, not far from here, although actually Fivehead itself is a beautiful place. Whatever is your most idyllic spot, and that peace wafts over you, that's what the world gives. Through God who created the world I know, and promises of peace from people that are kind to you. But the peace that I give you, says Jesus, is not as the world gives. I'm back to the spirit again. The sense of the spirit indwelling us, being our peace. 
giving us strength to do this kind of crazy thing like standing in front of people and being heckled by people on Zoom, all that kind of thing. It's, it's that sense of, I can't do this, but actually you and me granting me the peace, granting me the words, we can do this together. And it's that peace of God which passes all understanding that keeps our hearts and mind anchored and rooted in him. It's having that peace that takes us to a place that we suddenly realize we're doing things that we never thought we could do. I went full-time with the NHS uh, last December. I've been going down to the Medium Secure Hospital in Langdon uh, for one day a week uh, for the last previous seven years. Um, but having been back to Paynton, uh, my first love church, uh, for a second spell, can you imagine that? They had me back for a second spell. When I left, I promised them I wouldn't come back for a third, and they were quite happy with that. But actually, in that sense of being called at 59 into a whole new world of politics and uh, provision, I set off in December. But it took me back to a time when I first was training to go into the reception, uh, most secure medium ward that we've got here in Devon. And uh, I had all my training, my breakaway training. It's a bit like Kung Fu, only there, there were no injuries. Um, I had a number of different security uh, things around me. I had um, a buzzer and I had uh, another, another buzzer and uh, I'd had the training and I went into the control base and within four other doors, I was then ready to go onto the secure ward. And I remember stood there as if it was yesterday in front of the door thinking what have i done i did start to pray but the wrong prayer came for what i'm about to receive may the lord make me truly thankful that didn't seem appropriate somehow but suddenly there was this amazing shaft of light that shot across in front of me um, it's a kind of thing which is a bloke i wouldn't normally get into but i'm stood there and it was absolutely it was it was palpable and, and I could see the sun was shining through a curtain like this. It came straight across my path. And in my heart, I knew that God was saying, I'm with you, you muppet. And in fact, I'm going to be with you on the other side of this door as well. And as I took that step of um, opening the first secure button and then pushing the door release, I found myself there. And I knew that the peace of God was with me on this side and on that side. And it's that same peace of God that's sustaining me through this last year. Um, I was saying to Adrian earlier, when I was appointed, um, one of the accountants, I thought I understood money as an ex-accountant, one of the accountants on the ward um, in my department said to me, ah, oh, Jesse said, so you're appointed, but you're not funded. Now, when I was an accountant, if you weren't funded, it basically meant you hadn't got the money, you weren't coming in, and you weren't going to spend it. Here you can be appointed, but actually you're just living off the scraps of all the surpluses or the money left behind by all the other departments, which didn't feel very secure. Anyway, in the goodness of God, uh, in this last um, 13 months, uh, I've managed to raise £135,000 from new friends and colleagues, which I would never have met if it hadn't been for COVID. I was asked to do a pause for thought for all the managers across Devon to ring into daily, 54 of those calls I did before I finally said, I think you've had enough of this, haven't you? And they all agreed. But I made relationships uh, across MS Teams and Zoom with people I'd never got near to. And I went to my begging bowl 
I managed to raise the money to build a team from scratch. So we're now looking at having three and a half staff members, which is not a huge number, but actually I've got to be showing that actually we're struggling in chaplaincy as in every other department um, of the NHS. And so we look after folk in North Devon, uh, two, uh, three wards in North Devon, uh, six wards in Exeter, two wards in Torbay, a third one's being built starting next year, and uh, then the eight wards out at Langdon in, in Dawlish. And so uh, please do pray for that kind of work because this sense of knowing the peace of God, enabling us to actually let go of fear and enabling him to lead us forward has been a tremendous blessing over this last year. And so uh, for my own sense of, of peace, it's enabled me to have courage to give you the sense that actually you can do anything as well when you just offer it all to God, because that promised peace is just what you need when you're trying to build a team from scratch in COVID and you don't know where to start. In many ways, though, I go back perhaps to thinking about my children when they were at their youngest. I'm going to close with this because I've just seen the time. Uh, you can remember, I'm sure, when you were teaching children to ride a bicycle, and you can probably even remember when you did, and you've got the scars to prove it when you were learning. I don't think my first bicycle actually had things called stabilizers. I don't think they've been invented in about 1962. But actually, um, it was just great watching uh, our kids. We gave them these bikes with um, stabilizers, and there was a little competition. They all knew. The oldest one knew when they first learned, and the next one wanted to see if he could beat his brother. And then when Emily came along, she wanted to cap the lot, and she did. But it's interesting when you come to that point, isn't it, when they get it, and you're saying, pedal, pedal, keep pedaling. But the whole analogy breaks down when you suddenly have got to stop before they hit a wall. Stop pedaling. <laughs> mayhem, bodies on the floor, and all sorts of things. But that sense in which the Spirit of God has picked us up and has propelled us to be the men and women of God he's called us to be. Uh, all sorts of different gifts God will give you at the right time, in the right moment. If it's pedaling that bicycle, then you pedal as hard as you can until God tells you otherwise, knowing that his peace will enable you to find your way through all the different uh, problems and snares that will come your way. So, troubled times and promised peace. I pray that uh, in this time of COVID, you will find it to be something you can look back on and realize that you learned a spiritual lesson, that it's not all bad, that, that when you look back to 2020, actually you can say, you know, despite that, God did something new in me. I think we need that, my friends, because we need to realize that in good times and bad, God is there for us. And if you can find one lesson you've learned through this time, it'll be lovely to look back on this time not just remembering all the nasty things, and there are plenty of those, but recognizing that we learn to follow Christ more nearly in these days. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that anything of self will quickly be forgotten, but where your spirit is tarrying this morning and touching my friends' hearts here in this building and on Zoom, I pray, Lord, that lessons will be learnt, that lives will be yielded to you, and that your peace will liberate all of my friends here, and that in us being liberated, we too might learn to point others to that great liberator and that great shepherd of the sheep. Because we ask it in Jesus' name, for his sake. Amen.
And this closing song, uh, In Christ Alone, just reminds us that there's no going back. Don't need to go back. Keep where you are, keep looking forward, and trust in him.